Good afternoon, everybody. It's Friday, May the 26th, 2023. This is Robert Harper, Virginia Farm Bureau, Grain Marketing Division, here at the home office. Thankful today and glad to bring the Merchandiser Minute. Boy, y'all been busy this week. It's been um, just amazing to hear the work that's going on on the farm, all the dry hay that y'all rolled up this week. Many of y'all are still working hard at weaning your fall-born calves. Lots of corn getting top dressed. We even had a couple of you all stick the combine in the field this week to check some barley. Just spraying and spreading everything. It's amazing. A lot to be optimistic about uh, on the farm this growing season and this week. When we look at how the Chicago futures traded, we've got a lot to be optimistic about when we look back at what happened last week. Let's take a look at the Chicago board and how the futures markets closed. Just another good indication this week versus last week about how volatile the futures trade is and about how we're still in this headline market. The weather changes, the headlines change, and the funds change how they want to move money around. So let's look at the numbers here to encourage you today. July corn closed up a beautiful 53 cents a bushel for the week to get back up above $6, $6.04 a bushel. December corn, your new crop contract up 35 cents this week to close out at 534. July soybeans also up this week 30 cent a bushel after five days of trading to close at 1337 and your Novi beans your new crop contract up 14 cent a bushel this week to close at 1189. When we slip over to the Chicago wheat market July wheat up 11 cents on the week 616 and September wheat up this week as well, 12 cents to close out at 629. You know, during this week, we did see wheat hit right at a 30 month low of 594 on the Chicago board. And we have seen a short covering bounce as the funds take some profits out of their short position on the Chicago wheat board. One thing I wanna make sure I draw your attention to, some of you all, we've talked about this on the phone this week and last week, but Today, the hard wheat futures contract in Kansas City uh, closed at 818. And as I just said, the Chicago soft wheat contract closed at 616. So there's a $2.02 .02 difference. And we know Kansas City wheat normally is above Chicago wheat, and there's reasons for that. And we know all these different wheat classes are different. Um, and I mean that just how I say it. We also know that because of that difference, we have three futures contracts four wheat, the Minneapolis, the Kansas City, and Chicago. But looking back a year ago, we, we had, uh, and pick a date, but this is just generally speaking, we had Chicago wheat a dollar above Kansas City when the invasion took place in Ukraine by the Russian military and questions over soft wheat were flying around the world. So that, that relationship a year ago, we had Chicago wheat a dollar above Kansas City. And then today we've got Kansas City closing $2.02 .02 above Chicago. So the speculators have been working this relationship really this calendar year with the drought in the hard wheat belt that's so well publicized by the government as well as by the Kansas wheat tour last week. We've seen speculators wanting to buy the Kansas City hard wheat contract and sell the Chicago contract and work that spread. And that's really driven the Chicago wheat price down. Like I said, we hit right at a 30 month low this week before we bounce back. So keep your eye on that. 
Um, and when you look at these numbers, we know coming into the week with the commitment of traders report, we were basically um, short soybeans, maybe in a neutral position. We'll get another report today, but short corn and short wheat, and, and that's very important for us to know and know how this, the managed money speculator is thinking to help you as you're making decisions on your old crop bushels that aren't priced and on your new crop bushels. The other interesting thing before we leave this is a news story this week about a surplus of wheat in China. And they grow more, more of the world's wheat supply than we do here in the United States, believe it or not. I think they're close to 20%, depending on whose numbers you look at, uh, versus the U.S. being just close to 10% of the world's wheat production. Uh, again, think about all the crops or all the countries around the world, lots of wheat crops each year. Um, you know, but when we think about China, they've got a surplus and that wheat is working its way into rations. So that's taken away from how much corn they need. And we know corn in Brazil is a lot cheaper than corn here in the U.S. We got news this week and reports you see it here, hither and yon and on social media. The combines are picking corn. They're starting to pick corn in northern Brazil. Uh, estimates from their government and some stats agencies there, as well as hither and yon, are pushing maybe a four billion bushel crop there, big crop for them. Um, so we're going to see how that plays out. We know that's going to continue to put pressure on corn prices if that crop down there gets bigger. And we know that China's demand for corn might be curtailed some because they're working this surplus wheat in. Coming into the week, U.S. corn, 81% planted versus 75% five-year average. U.S. beans, 66% planted versus the five-year average of 52%. Just an amazing planting pace. And then we know another big story of the week, talking about planting pace, was dry conditions in the majority of the corn belt, however you like to divide it up, east, west, north, or south. We know that the farmers that work hard up in North Dakota are behind on planting corn, but they've had a good window this week to get a lot of acres planted. Now, one of the things though that's friendly to price is this dry weather that has been in the Corn Belt with no rain. It's allowed for a lot of field work to be done. No pressure yet on hurting the crop, but you all know better than me, if we got 21 days, we're only 21 days away from a bad drought. If this goes on again next week and into the following week, you're gonna see uh, price recovery on the futures board. We are in a weather market. We were reminded about that this week as we saw those wonderful futures prices, all the green on the board. A lot of the futures rally this week as short speculators were getting out of those short positions due to dry weather conditions this week and forecasted dry weather conditions next week in the Corn Belt. So back to the planting progress here. Virginia corn planted at 91%, 88% is the five-year average. And amazingly this week, 56% Virginia beans planted. Before Memorial Day, we'll see what we get next week, but 40% is the five-year average. And remember, next week we get the first uh, crop conditions report from USDA. What's the good to excellent rating? So um, we also know that there's been talking about weather significant and good moisture in Argentina that's encouraging wheat planting down there. Let's jump over. All right, ethanol stocks. Ethanol stocks are down 15% since March. We know that one of the bright stories domestically for corn is that ethanol margins are good. The grind has been good. Let's take a look this week in the ethanol report. Production was basically the same 
down 0.4% as the week before, 983,000 barrels per day, but a huge draw on stocks that really shocked the market, 5% down on stocks to 22 million barrels. And again, ethanol stocks down 15% since March. So we've got good demand, We not only on the blender side for y'all jumping in your vehicles, but we've got good demand uh, on, the, on the side for you all, the producer, on selling to these ethanol plants out in the Corn Belt where there's a bunch of them. Another big catalyst this week on Monday, we saw a huge purchase announced by USDA by the Philippines on soybean meal. That got the soybean market rallying as well as the uh, dry weather that was forecast. And also on Monday, somebody uh, bought a whole bunch of corn puts and it got all these questions going around. Is the bottom in? Are we going low, et cetera? But that was definitely a catalyst for a higher volume trade. When we look at the inspections this week, we did see uh, the second highest inspections. What bushels left the country for corn for this marketing year? Thanks and hats off to all the folks in the supply chain that keep those vessels and trains and all just working and moving. That was a big deal. When we look at our export sales report this week, no surprise there, just the third week in a row of just a dismal export report. We know our bushels are priced high. We know our dollar has rallied again this week for this debt ceiling debate. Um, we can talk about that in a minute, but um, a negative, once again, just like last week, a net negative export sales report for corn due to China cancellations. Lots of talk this week about John Deere quarterly profits and talking about how good they were for the first quarter, but many economists were talking about how they're a lagging indicator. We don't know what the future holds. We know the last two years have been good on the farm due to rainfall and, and high prices, as, and y'all did all that in the middle of record high input costs. So again, hats off to you, but lots of talk about those deer profits and lots of talk this week about one of the big four grain companies, Bungie, uh, merging with another large grain company, Viterra. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing their name correctly. I'm not too familiar with that company. I need to read up on them. This has been tried before in 2017. We don't know if nothing will happen there, but that was in the news this week. Along with the G7 meeting that wrapped up, uh, I think that group is about 50 years old. U.S., Canada, Japan, United Kingdom, France, Germany, and Italy, and a lot of negative Russian rhetoric out of that G7 meet. National uh, meeting, national gas price this week. Look on the U.S. Excuse me, the um, Department of Energy's website. Three dollars and fifty-three cent a gallon national gas price. A year ago this week, we were a dollar and five cent higher. When we look at the national diesel price, three eighty-eight a year ago this week, we were a dollar and sixty-eight cent a gallon higher on the on-road diesel. So nice to see those coming coming down as well. So again, going into next week, and you can look all over the news media, it's just being flooded today with um, reports about the debt ceiling debate between the Republicans and the Democrats. We know our Treasury Secretary is saying we will run out of money and default on money that we owe to people on those notes by next Thursday. So they're trying to get a deal done. We're going to be watching the Brazil harvest, the corn harvest next week see how much progress is made there, what the yield reports are, looking for more cancellations. And then remember, we're flipping the calendar. We're also flipping the marketing year. The, the wheat marketing year ends here at the end of May. So lots to think about, talk about, watch this stuff. 
Respect the headlines. Y'all are good at doing that. Give Josie and I a call if we can help you with old crop or new crop marketing. This is Robert, Virginia Farm Bureau's Grain Division.